When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, 49ers faithful? Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman. I am excited today. I, I got to check one of the uh, goals off of the John Chapman kind of whatever media. I don't know. I got to record with a legend, um, Larry Kruger, who has been one of the voices of San Francisco radio for over a decade incredible human being i'd like to consider him a friend uh, i was a guest on his show earlier and i asked like i, I want to promote this so I'm, I'm gonna cut now to his show if you want to follow him uh, he just started off on youtube and it's already exploding it's called the krug show k-r-u-e-g again this is larry Kruger. And hopefully you enjoy our conversation. I know I sure did. It's a longer podcast, but we get into everything. So enjoy, appreciate you guys, and go subscribe to The Krug Show. All right, another edition of The Krug Show. Larry Kruger with you. Happy whatever day it is today. I don't keep track anymore. But with us to talk Niner football is John Chapman. He's got a great podcast on the Niners, and he's with us on YouTube to to talk all things Niners. What's going on, John? How are you? I've been, I feel like I know you. This is the first time we've actually gone face to face, but I've you know, been following you on Twitter and kind of retweeting your stuff from time to time, uh, doing the Niner pre and post game through the years. And I've just always been very impressed by the, the, the content that you put out there. Sometimes it's film work. Sometimes it's opinion. Sometimes it's information. How you doing? Thanks for coming on. Man, this this is an honor for me, Larry. So first, thank you. A uh, big fan of what you've done for the community. And I, I love it. This time of the year is awesome. You know, we're free agency. Draft is right around the corner. It's like Christmas. Um, and so things are good right now. Just putting out as much content as possible. And excited about today to be hanging out and talking with the legend, man. Oh, pff, legend. Come on. Um, you were talking, we were talking before we went live there about how you were watching film on Hassan Ridgeway. And, you know, I, I was, I was uh, looking at Ridgeway myself last night and just kind of looking at that addition. The Niners, I didn't like that they lost DJ Jones, but uh, watching Ridgeway, I liked him at Texas. Um, and I wanted to see what he looked like in the pros because I really haven't honed in on him. And, you know, He's, he's kind of, you know, he's got some, he's got some quick feet. Um, you know, he's a, he's a big bodied guy, six, four, you know, G, DJ was like six, one. This is a bigger guy to some degree, not quite as strong against the run. Um, he's had some injuries. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's always been thought of as a guy who has a lot of talent. It's just a matter of, is he going to bring it? What did you see when you, when you rolled it back and forth on him? 
Man, he's a bigger bodied guy, a much bigger body guy. So he's much more stout and anchor instead of kind of that penetrating, you know, you're not going to see a lot of finesse moves with this guy. That's not what he is. <laughs> he's he's not a high motor guy. He's an anchor. So if, you know, the question is, is he a DJ Jones replacement? You're going to be absolutely furious with his play because I don't think that's what he is. I think he's a Kentavious Street replacement. Okay. Uh, that kind more of bravo. Well, yes and no, because ideally you wanted Street as your rusher, but he played on base downs far more than he was supposed to. And one of the worst, you know, run defenders in the NFL last year from a defensive line standpoint. So I think he's somebody that brings you depth on that Bravo group that you would ideally want out there on first and second down. Now he pushes the pocket well. And my favorite thing about him is he is always on the offensive line side of the field, which is positive. He doesn't get pushed back into the linebackers at all. Um, you know, he played at Texas, you know, interesting guy. He was a basketball player. Yeah. You know, he was a, he was a basketball player who came to football late. And then, you know, he, I think his family moved from California to Texas and he had been a basketball player and he gets to Texas and he's like, all my friends are playing football. They're like, why do you play football? Well, all my <laughs> friends were playing football. So I decided I'd play football. Could you imagine, you know, if you were that good, you could make it to the NFL and you just kind of like, yeah, hey, why'd you play? Well, my friends were playing. I decided to play. I was really more of a basketball player. I can only imagine what Ridgeway would look like on a, you know, on a basketball court. I mean, talk yeah. about a guy that wouldn't look, would look out of place, but that's his story. He, he was late yeah. to football and kind of a, uh, a late bloomer type. And, and I got, I got to be honest, like I, I'm, I'm a longhorn man myself. And okay, I was you're, just you're in you. Austin, right? Um, no, I'm in Pasadena now, but I grew oh, no, up born right. and raised right. Texas. Okay. But like, I could be honest, I coached against Hassan Ridgeway in the playoffs one year in Texas. And so I remember watching film of this kid and coaching against him. He was a beast. He didn't look like he does now. His body's different. Uh, he was tall and streamlined. He was like a skinny defensive end that would stand up and blitz off the edge at times in high school. But he's added so much weight. And I, I think he's finally found kind of his sweet, his niche role. He's not a dynamic player. That's not what he is. He's a role guy who averaged 22 snaps a game last year. And, and that's kind of the mold he's going to – that's the role he'll play for the 49ers. He, he's a spot guy. He's not going to push for starting reps, um, and that's not really who he is. Yeah, he's a rotational player inside. Right. Um, and maybe that's what they want to do, right? I mean, that's what we saw this year is, man, play, play a ton of guys, play them in a rotation, make them play with their hair on fire, and then go to the next group of guys. They, it was yeah. like I felt like I was watching hockey, and we, we was like <laughs> shifts. I mean, the Niners had they'd way they came at you in waves, um, defensive line wise. So, what do you think if the season were today, today's opening day for the 49ers, Who? What's their starting front four? What's their backup front four? Yeah, I think starting front four is going to be Bosa and Ebukam on the outside. You got Eric uh, Armstead, who just rene renegotiated his deal. And Ken Law, if you tell me, that's the biggest question mark and probably one of the biggest things about the whole entire team. That's your front four. And then you look to the second team. Uh, that's going to be a huge kind of I, – I, we're not sure on the other – because you got Charles Menahue. I think Ridgeway would be in there as well. And then, you know, you've got the whole Kevin Givens – I really like Givens and Maurice Hurst, who's going to be there. And so that other defensive end spot's going to be interesting. You know, who's going to be that role? Because Arden Key's not signed currently. Um, Jordan Willis, not signed currently. There's still a spot out there, but you've got your five interior guys. DJ Jones leaving hurts for sure, but you've got five good, you know, defensive tackles that can play inside, outside, if you're going to keep Eric Armstead inside. Yeah, that's a big I, I think Armstead stays inside. I think he, he stays inside. 
Uh, he's strong enough inside. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do as far as where D- we know they prioritize D linemen in the draft. I mean, you, it's yeah. it's well documented at this point. Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa. We can go on and on and on. And this goes back. Dennis Brown, Ted Washington. Oh, I mean, you oh, can go way it. back. Uh, Reggie McGrew, Kentwan Balmer. I mean, oh, the, Balmer. the Niners <laughs> go round, go D-tackle <laughs> in round one. Probably, I would say in my lifetime, I would guess more than any other team in pro football. Where's the need up front? If you see them, you know, if they if they're on the board at the, the sixty one um, in the draft, is is where does D line, whether it be end or tackle, line up on the priority list come draft day? I think edge is as high as it possibly could be, and maybe it's even gotten higher after this first early round of free agency, right? Like we're recording this. We're live. What is it? Thursday uh, at two 30, they were heavy after Chandler Jones. And so that should tell you like what they value. They still want that pass rushing specialist that they just haven't found. D Ford was it for about four games before he got injured. And like, I think that's the thing that this team is missing. So if you're telling me at 61, which I love this draft class, and I love the edge class. There are so many quality guys that are there. Um, and so if I was to bet any position, offense, defense, don't care, edge is probably likely going to be the first pick. If, if That's what I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan want to do. Yeah. I mean, and there's guys that I really like in this draft too. Michael Clemens from Texas A&M, uh, one of my favorites. I love uh, Jeremy Gunter, who plays at yeah. Coastal Carolina. And I think both those guys will definitely be on the board at 61. Um, and there'll probably be a number of other guys as well. I mean, there's, you know, there's and dialing up heat on the quarterback is going to be huge. Now you mentioned key and Willis. If you can have just one of those two guys, if key. you know, if Parag comes to you key or Willis, but not both, you're going key. My three wishes for 49ers free agent was it, which has gone really, really bad. Number one was Lakin. I want to make Trey Lance comfortable. He's gone. He got paid. Congratulations. Number two, DJ Jones. Number three was Arden key. And so that hope is still there just because we know it fits. But again, that was what I wanted. You look at what the 49ers have done the past two years. You find some off-tread, discounted edge defender that you could sign, carry on Hyder, Arden Key. They come in, thrive next to Bosa, which makes sense. And then you let them walk. You let them walk for money, and you take that comp pick, and you just keep recycling You know these cheaper guys in there that – aren't going to cost too much, but you know this is such a friendly system apart from all that talent. So they they have success, and then you let them walk, and you get the comp pick. That seems to be what they've done Yeah, last year. I think they're probably going to do it again. Where are you with Ebukam? I mean, disappointing, fast finish, kind of has a big second-year cap number. I mean, his cap number, I think, is over $8 million or maybe close to nine. Um, where are you with Ebukam? Is, is, is he going to get replaced? Do you like him? I mean, I, I I like what he did at the end of the year, but, but man, that price tag is still pretty exorbitant. I if you need cap savings, yeah, uh, you might be able to find guys in the draft and and move on from Ebucom. Where are you with uh, Samson? The snap count throughout the playoff run and late in the year would suggest the 49ers love this guy. I, I understand the early frustrations against him. And, you know, as somebody has broken down every single play, offense and defense from the entire year multiple times, yeah, I was frustrated at the start. But, I mean, he was 
ascending player, as you said. And in the playoffs, they kept him on the field almost, if not more so, than Bosa. So it seemed like he was very important to what they were wanting to do and continue to play well. Now, if they weren't going to cut him, because his cap hit is huge, I think they would have already done so. So I know a lot of people, want, you look at you know the cap expenditures and all that stuff, which the 49ers don't have top-end players cap-wise. We only have two players, if you don't count Jimmy Garoppolo, um, two players above that $10.5 million cap hit mark. And then you, you, know, you look down at number three, and you see Samson there. And so I, I understand that, but I, I don't think, I don't know. It seems like D'Amico loves to do because he kept playing him more and more whenever everything was on the line. I mean, I love the guy too, as far as I loved, I loved him at, uh, in college and, and I thought he was a steal in the draft. And then he kind of played, you know, he looked as an edge guy in this wide nine, you know, he's, he's, he's weight room. He's really strong. He's got a yeah. great motor, but man, it just didn't come together. But at the end of the year, it did. And so if he could dial it up all year the way he did at the end of the year, then maybe he's worth eight, eight and a half million or whatever that price tag is. Um, since we're starting on defense, let's talk a little bit about, about the linebackers now. I mean, what'd you think of the Bobby Wagner rumor? The, the kid they got from uh, Green Bay, Burks, was a good college player as well. Very fast linebacker, good in the open field. Sounds like he's going to be a special teamer, but I wouldn't be offended if he uh, got some snaps from scrimmage. I think he's got some ability there as well. But uh, there's talk about Dre Greenlaw. Um, getting dealt, uh, you know, they gave they gave uh, Aziz Al Shair a tender, a second round tender, and obviously there's Fred Warner, who's as good as any linebacker in the game. But where are you with their linebackers? What do you think of the Wagner rumor? I love our linebacking core, the 49ers, and I think it's the best, most depth. You look at the three best linebackers across any team. You're not going to find any team more experienced and more upside at such a young age than the 49ers. I, I love the trio. And I get everybody like wants to play GM and move everybody, but when you have three stud linebackers, two of which are super cheap in Aziz and Greenlaw, who have had some injuries. Let's be honest. There was a point last year where it was just Aziz out there, right? So I'm all on the school of keep them all three this year, allow it to sort itself out next year because, again, Aziz, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. So is Greenlaw. But, like, don't spend money there where you've had so much success. It's kind of the strength of the defense, that in the D-line, that front seven. So I want to keep them all. I love Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner makes 32 out of 32 teams in the NFL better. But, here's the big but, you're going to have to pay him. It would be great to have him. Is he better than Greenlaw? Yes. Is he better than Aziz? Yes. But for how long and how much? Uh, right now, you know, Greenlaw and Aziz are cheap, super cheap. Wagner's not going to be cheap. I'd love to have him, but we're talking cap issues. You're going to have to cut somebody like Samson. You're going to have to cut somebody like that to get him in there, and we already are spoiled at that position as is. So not that I don't want him. It's just how much does it move the line on how good this defense is and what's that going to cost you elsewhere? Yeah, I think that's a great breakdown. Um, I agree. Who doesn't like Bobby Wagner? You know, yeah. Bobby Wagner tortured the Niners with his A-gap delayed blitzes and reading the offensive. As soon as the offensive lineman would turn his eyes, boom, get, Wagner shooting gaps. And I mean, to me, he's a pass rusher at this point. He's so damn good at yeah. those delayed blitzes up the middle. Uh, you know, I'm just glad he's not, you know, with Seattle, but I'm fearful he's going to go to the Rams. I think Rams or Chargers is what I'm hearing. And I mean, I'm praying for Chargers. Yeah, I don't, don't want to see him. Um, you know, with the Rams, uh, 
By the way, Tony Rodriguez weighing in on the chat. He says, what's up, y'all? I, I rarely use y'all, Tony. Oh, I use it all the time, Tony. Do you use y'all? That's my language. <laughs> yeah. What's up, yeah. y'all? Just found this Krug listening while I work. Go Niners. All right, Tony. We appreciate it. Well, we're enjoying the, the uh, YouTube, and we've got John Chapman with us on the line uh, on, the, on the show. And, John, tell us a little bit. While we take a brief uh, time out on the Niners about your podcast and what mo motivated you to start it, how, how long you've been doing it, and how it's going for you. This is wrapping up my fifth year. So the draft will start year six for me. Um, now, as I said earlier, I, I coached in Texas for about a decade, one of the largest schools in the country, really enjoyed that job. Uh, the wife and I decided to become foster adoptive parents, which was incredible. Good for and, you. And as you know, as I'm coaching in Texas, which I had a I had a bed in my office, like I would sleep there several Were you the head coach. Um, I eventually I became the head coach. At this point, I was not. Um, and so like it, it was just it was the job. It was 90 hours a week, whatever, while teaching full time and all that stuff. But when we got our kids, we had some issues. Both got expelled the first year, <laughs> which was awesome. And so I, I needed to spend more time at home and help out. So I had to leave coaching and I had to get this football out. And so I just started a podcast and it's kind of blown up. And, you know, the 49ers Rush podcast, which is that that's our show. And we're, we're all over the place. YouTube, all that stuff. Just type in 49ers Rush or John Chapman. You'll find us. And, Man, it's been fun. And then the people you meet, the community, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, check us out. See if you like it. Uh, we're a pretty positive group, I would say. And just try to put a lot of content out there and build the community. We're real big on community and bringing people together. You'll never make it being positive, John. You'll never make it. That's what everybody tells me. That's what everybody tells me. I'm channeling my inner Gary Radnich into, you'll never <laughs> make it being positive, kid. I'll tell you that right now. Uh Tell us what you got going on draft day. It sounds like you got a little draft party going. Is that what, is that what uh, we just put the graphic? Well, let's put that back up there. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about the road trip. The draft is my baby, okay? So we pulled all stops. We rented a, a club at Mandalay Bay, brand new club called S-Bar. We're, pay, we're paying for Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell to come out, do autographs, hang out. And it's an exclusive club, drinks included, all those things. We wanted to create the absolute best draft experience for 49ers fans. We're going to be there day one and day two of the draft. You get to meet some 49ers, hang out. We've got all kinds of content creators coming out. It's going to be incredible. So in Las Vegas, head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get your tickets. It's going to be a blast. Our whole thing, and again, I keep going back to this, how can we make the best draft experience for 49ers fans? Uh Throw out costs. Let's just make it happen. And so we'll see if the faithful come out. Uh, we've sold a lot of tickets already and really, really excited about this. I could tell you my drunken stories from uh, oh. passing out outside the rum jungle uh, <laughs> at the Mandalay. <laughs> uh, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's another another story, another day. We'll get into Larry Kruger passing out uh, inside the Mandalay. I thought I'm I was outside. To that podcast. That's all the I rum, know. You ever heard of the rum jungle? I've heard of it. I've never been there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's still there, but uh, it was a wild night at the Rum Jungle. All right, uh, I digress. All right, let's get back to let's get back to the Niners a little bit because to me the one area we started on the defense. So let's finish. Let's finish up on the defense. I agree with you on the linebackers. Strength of the team. Greenlaw's a stud. Warner's a stud. Al Shire's a monster. To me, if you do anything in the draft, I love the, this kid Damone Clark who plays for LSU. Um, and I would love to add another fast, instinctive linebacker to this group. 
because to me, when you when you got a bunch of guys that can all run four or five and you can just snuff everything out on the second level, the Niners ask their linebackers in this D to play, you know, a ton cover a ton of field. I mean, they yeah. run a five two front and it's it's five guys in the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they'll put that linebacker. Uh, we saw Warner walk up in line of scrimmage and they're giving you a six man surface and, and there's like one linebacker in the second level. But so that guy's got to have instincts. He's got to be able to run and they get these guys, all their guys have instincts and can run. Yeah. Uh, it's as, as good a linebacking core as you're going to find in the league, I think. And also there's all these guys can really run. So they shut down that space. Uh, that's a strength of their football team. Let's get to the secondary. That's not a strength. We don't know about K1 Williams. Uh, we don't know about Jason Verrett. They brought in Charvarius Ward. Um, you know, Tart is still, you know, as a free agent. Is he coming back? It, it seems like very unlikely, though I like him. Um, you know, we Grant and I were talking about maybe Jimmy Ward's future being maybe at strong safety and not free safety, which I kind of think is, you know, he'll be better at the line of scrimmage as time goes on. What's your view of the of the secondary and of the uh, addition of Charvarius Ward? I love Ward. Uh, first off, I think he's incredible. Twenty five years old currently. He's going to be twenty six, I think, in two months. He's fun. Uh, very consistent. Very consistent. Not a ball hawk guy. Not a lot of interceptions like J.C. Jackson, which you know a lot of the fan base wanted. This guy's much more consistent. Much more consistent. Fought for it hard to get to where he is. And it shows on film. Really, really enjoyed doing his breakdowns. Now, we have three good corners. Three good young corners. This is a very young corner class. I love Emmanuel Mosley. Will he move to the slot nickel corner, which he started off as a rookie with the 49ers? That's where he played. He's been played outside. Or do you keep Avery Thomas? I, I think Avery Thomas is going to stay outside. I don't think he goes in. You have Diamador Lenore, who could possibly fight for that nickel spot if they don't bring back K1 Williams. But you nailed it, man. I, I think... The second safety spot is probably the biggest question mark on this defense. Because, again, as you said, Tart's gone. Now, I love Hufanga, and he is fun and explosive and energetic. Does he have the athleticism to play safety down in, down out? That's something yet to be seen. He, he's delivered some explosives. He's got hurt on the back end as well. Tarvarius Moore, how's he going to come back on this injury? You know, uh, the it, that's a rough one, the Achilles. So you've got to add a body if you don't bring back Tart. You've got to. I would not mind if the 49ers prioritize um, the safety position in this in this draft, but they haven't done it since they've been here. Uh, you know, you look at John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they haven't touched the safety position. Now, they had Tart, and they had, um, you know, Jimmy Ward when they came in. They drafted Tarverius Moore in the third round, but they moved him to corner, right, for the first year. So it doesn't seem to be a position that they really value. They almost seem like they could just pick somebody up off the street like Tavon Wilson and plug them in if injuries happen. But I would love to see them bring somebody, an explosive, top-end speed guy, like you were saying with the linebackers. That's what I would like. I'm not sure they're going to do it, though. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, um, you know the, the, the second, as you said, they Mosley, Ward, um, you know, those two guys are coming back. I mean, I mean, those two guys are there. Those are your starters, I guess, mm -hmm. on the corner. And then who's going to be, who's going to run K1 spot? Are they going to, are they going to bring back K1? If you could bring back Verrett or K1, but not both, what do you think? Verrett. there? Verrett. Like Verrett. Yeah. Despite my the problem, injuries. Despite, my, here's my problem. I love Shark K1 Williams. He's awesome, but fan favorite of mine, how tough he is. I do feel his play has dissipated in back-to-back -back years. 
Um, and so that scares me a little bit. Would I love to have him out there? Yes. As long as we're not playing against a good slot wide receiver team. I think in the run game, he's incredible against tight ends. He's great. But against, you know, the Cooper Cups or the Rondell Moores or the Tyler Lockett's, who are in our division, who we've got to play six times this upcoming year, I don't think that he had the best games. Now, who has a good game against Cooper Cup? The answer is nobody. But I do think that his play has descended. Um, you might be able to get him back cheap, but I would much rather roll Emmanuel Mosley inside or um, perhaps you put Diamador Lenore out there and see what he can do. I, I like Ferret, but I don't want to bring him back as a starter. I want him as a depth guy. Uh, and I, that's that's what I would prefer. I don't understand why Lenore never, couldn't get back on the field after the early season. I know he got burned by Watkins for the bomb in Philly. Um, but I thought he showed some good things early in the year. At, late in the year, it seemed like, you know, whoever they had beside him was going to be on the yeah. field. Like he was like the last resort. Yeah. And it, it didn't matter what position, whether it was, you know, Deontay Johnson or Drake Kirkpatrick or Josh, God bless it, Norman. It didn't matter. Like they were just throwing anybody out there. And it was just like, let's see what this kid could do. We saw what he could do in training camp. And he was awesome. in the preseason was great. And then they were just like, yep, yeah, throw it away. You're coming back next year. It's a red shirt year. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, and and then and then Thomas went the other way. Thomas looked so raw, <laughs> and so he was like a fish yeah. out of water. When I saw him in camp, I thought, "Oh no, man, there's no chance." I mean, this guy's this guy's stiff. He looks, you know, he looks, he looks tall and long limbed and fast, but he looks like he's never played corner in his life. And yep. that was probably because he he sat out last year. But I mean, you want to talk about a rusty football player? Uh, uh, you know, Ambry Thomas in camp. I thought, man, they're not even going to be able to make this. This guy's not even going to make the team. Then they get him on the team. He doesn't play at all early. They coached him up. And by the end of the year, he looked like maybe he could potentially be their best corner down the road. I mean, he's long. He's fast. He seemed like he was improving week to week. I mean, it was really encouraging watching Thomas improve. Uh, yeah. It shows that he's got an NFL future. And, I, you know, to piggyback on that, Larry – if you want hope as a 49ers fan, here's what I would say. Kyle Shanahan is one of the few coaches in the NFL that believes in almost redshirting the rookie class. And so it's very easy to be upset about Diamador Lenore, about Jalen Moore, about, <laughs> let's be honest, the second round pick, right? Aaron Banks, or even Trey Lance. But for Kyle Shanahan, his entire MO is learn our system, just sit and learn. When you step in, be ready. And so, like, you watch the path that was created by Ambry Thomas. It kind of gives me a little bit in the back of my mind just being like, man, what if? What if? What if Trey Sermon? What if Aaron Banks? What if these guys actually are quality guys? They just wanted them to sit and learn for a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, letting Lakin Tomlinson go, Aaron Banks played left guard his entire life. And so maybe <laughs> if, if, if I got my like sunshine, like lids on, maybe it's going to be an all right draft pick. Maybe he'll be a quality starter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's how, that's what I can tell myself to sleep at night. Anyway, give me the best move and worst move so far from the off season. It hasn't been a, you know, there's not lots of great moves that you can point to. Oh, that was awesome. But give me, give me what you think is the, the best move of any kind that they've made since the uh, playoff loss to the Rams. and and you know, what you think the one move that you would like to take back or see them take back. 
Uh, I'll start with my negative take here. Letting Contavious Street go. He was a restricted free agent. You could have kept him for pities, but they let him go. I thought that was the best move. I'm, I like Contavious Street. That was Street the best the move? Pass, that was the best move. He was best the move. worst run like defender. I, I, not against the run. He, you said earlier he's a pass rush guy, but they played him yeah. all the time versus the run because they were injured. And it, it a big reason why Fred Warner's play wasn't elite this year was because of Contavious Street. Every single time he came in the game at three technique, they ran the ball right at him, and he would be tripping up Fred Warner. Fred Warner got great at the end of the year when Eric Armstead started playing more snaps inside. So I think that would be my personal best move. Um, or, or I thought that was smart. Worst move, I kind of wish they would have overpaid for Chandler Jones. Um, Chandler Jones and Nick Bosa would have been the best pass rushing duo maybe in the past five years in the NFL. Um, going back to Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, that would have been unreal. Um, but this 49ers front office will not overpay for outside of the house talent. Um, they learned that early on when they first came here, and they just have proven over and over again they're not going to overpay for outside talent moving forward. So let's look at the departure. So it's you know, DJ Jones moved yeah. on to Denver, Lake and Tomlinson went to the Jets, um, Raheem Mostert has jumped to the Dolphins, which I didn't think was going to happen the first day because they signed another back, but yeah. they got Mostert as well. Tom Compton jumped to the Jets, and then today Trent Sherfield has jumped to the Dolphins. Um, biggest loss there in your mind? Uh, 49ers coaches taking our talent, man. Come on now. Those are former Seriously? coaches. They're and shopping they're, they're at the coaching. Diner Isle. I know. Um, I it's Lake and Tomlinson. It's Lake and Tomlinson. It, the number one priority for this entire offseason should be make Trey Lance comfortable. And so you lose a stalwart that has played almost every snap for five straight years. That hurt. That hurts. Now you did draft a second round left guard to step in, as I said earlier, at Banks, but he's not gonna be Lake and Tomlinson early. But 13 million for Lakin. I'm so happy he got paid. I love seeing people get paid. But good gosh, I was thinking he pro football focus thought he'd get eight million a year. I was like, dude, I'd go as high as 10, but over 13. I don't know about that. I'm glad he got it, though. I'm glad he got it. But uh, he's a good a man. Lot. He's a, he's great a good man. man. He's a good man with big hands, man. I shook his hand <laughs> in camp last year or two years ago. And I was like, what the heck? What the heck kind of hand is that? <laughs> that guy's got some monster meats, uh, monster grips. Uh, this one from Sean Yaple. He says, best wishes, Krug, checking in from Southern California. All right, Sean, I see you, SoCal. There you go. GTC Reels saying, Krugs. All right, we got some people in the house. Um, well, this one is kind of interesting before we get to our, our break here. Says, what do you think of possibly Lael Collins signing the Cowboy offensive lineman and then trading Mike McGlinchey for a pick? What do you think? Okay, uh, Lyle Collins, yes, 1 million percent. Right tackle is a giant question mark right now. Um, McGlinchey's good. He's a very good run blocker, but those like three to four mistake plays he has a game, and that's if he's healthy. So you want to trade McGlinchey? Maybe you could trade him to one of those other uh, former 49er coaches that keep signing all our players, but his injury's rough. That quad injury, that's not a normal one. It's not an ACL, which is crazy to say, because uh, ACL is a big deal, but today's NFL, not so much. I don't think that you're going to be able to trade him because the health issue. Um, but McDaniel, he knows what he's been through. He knows how he's, you know, whatever. So maybe Sala, maybe McDaniel, that would work. But yes, Leo Collins, oh my gosh, bring him in. That would be that would be a dream come true, man. That that dude can play. 
Uh, oh, GTC Reels says, is McGlinchey a bust? A lot of us seem to think so. I mean, McGlinchey's a good run blocker. He's got some limitations against real top-tier speed guys. I could see the argument that some people say, well, he's a guard. I don't see him really as a guard. I see him as a as a right tackle, which is what he is. But he's just going to always have to work. You know, he's going to have to bust out that jump rope. Well, after he lifts, after he does his lifts, he needs to bust out the jump rope, right? Because, I mean, you know, he's getting stronger. You can see his upper body development. But he's what he really needs is light feet to deal with the Vaughn Millers of the world. And I, 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 don't, I think it's too simplistic to say he's yeah. a bust. But he was the ninth pick overall, and he is a right tackle. So, yeah. you know, I mean, he's not it's, not – it's not looking like the greatest draft pick of all time as far as value. But um, I wouldn't – I think it's too much – too negative to say he's a bust. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match of up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I yeah I agree with you and you know you look at that pick he got his fifth year if you get that fifth year option picked up that 100% deletes the fact that you were a quote-unquote bust but here's the problem one of the major issues of the entire NFL there's not enough quality tackles right there's just not and the fact that we have had Trent Williams and Joe Staley and Trent Brown and all these different guys come through here we have been absolutely spoiled and so if you look at Mike McGlinchey, let's say he's an average left tackle. There's 32 teams. There's 64 starting tackles in the NFL. He's probably average. He's probably in that 30, you know, ranking category just because of what he can do in the run game. I, he's not a bust. If we were to cut him, he would sign somewhere for probably 8 to $10 million tomorrow. Um, so, like, is he as good as Lyle Collins? Nope, never has been. But he's not – bust is the wrong word. Yeah. Um, we've got one more here, one more comment here, if we can throw it up there, uh, from Panama Queen. Good show, Krug and John. So thank, thank you, you, Panama Queen. Queen. Yeah. Um, 
we had our sponsor there. You know, we're let's pay the bills here because March 26th and 27th, and you know, you, you've been doing this for a while. I don't know if you have a lot of sponsors on your show, but we have a for our first sponsor of our show, and it's the Good Guys Hot Rod Custom Association, and they've got the show coming up at the Pleasanton Fairgrounds March 26th and 27th. And if you want to register your ride or get tickets or just more information about the show, go to their website. Uh, which is just good-guys.com. Good with the dash in the middle, guys.com. As I said, it's the 26th and 27th. It's going to be at the Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton, and it's America's favorite car show. There'll be over 3,000 American-made and powered hot rods and customs and muscle cars and trucks on display. They'll have their Nitro Thunderfest. Uh, they'll have their Lowrider Exhibition. Uh, who's going to win this year's Goodyear uh, Fuel Curves Custom of the Year? So it's a lot of fun, and it's cool. If, if you're people looking for things to do with their family, with the pandemic, everything's been shut down. Now you got something to do on a weekend. Head out to the Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton and check them out March 26th and 27th. Once again, where do you go? Good-guys.com. All right, and thanks to all the good people, Andrew Ebel and the good people at Good Guys for sponsoring the Crook Show. All right, let's get into what everybody really wants to talk about. Where the hell's where's Jimmy going, right? What's up with Jimmy? I mean, well, he, me... I go to I go to the butcher shop. The butcher's <laughs> like, "Hey, crew, you know what's up with Jimmy? You know where where's Jimmy going? I mean, everybody wants to know where Garoppolo's headed. Where do you think? I've been pretty adamant for a while, even uh, whenever it probably shouldn't have been, that the Cleveland Browns were the best fit for Jimmy. Right? If I was a franchise. And I'm like, okay, if I had Jimmy G on my team, what would that mean for me? If Jimmy was on the Browns last year, they make the playoffs. Um, I'm not a very big Baker guy. Um, and so they've come out. They leaked to Mort and, or Mort, um, Chris Mortensen that they want a grown-up <laughs> as their quarterback. Baker's that. demanding a trade. It just makes too much sense because they have a stellar offensive line and great defense. Tell me what – that's where Jimmy would be successful. And so for me, that just makes too much sense for me. Um I think the Browns are by far the best chance. Now they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, but they've caused they've already set their house on fire. Um, what do you do? You bring in a guy like Jimmy that's going to calm everything down. Uh, that's what he would do: stabilizing force and just allow their run game and defense to dominate. I think they make the playoffs. I really, really do in that division. I've been I've been begging for a Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa oh coming back in this trade. Uh, I, you know, I That's doubt a dream, it bro. I would he, love for it. Yeah. He's a terrific player. I loved him at Notre Dame and, uh, I, I wanted the Niners to get him in the draft and they took the wrong guy from Notre Dame. In my opinion, they took Aaron Banks instead of, yep. instead of JOK. And then JOK goes to Cleveland this year and he was awesome, man. He, yeah, was, he was, he had some games where he was really incredible. All right. What do you think if they can't get JOK, what is the price tag? Um, what can they get? What can they, what are they get? What are the Niners going to get for Jimmy? I think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan will not take a cheap deal. He is so prideful. Like he would rather have Jimmy on the roster for a whole nother year than, you know, sell him for peanuts. He, he believes that he's worth something. So I think the most realistic option is similar to what you saw with Carson Lewitz, where it's two thirds, a third this year and a conditional third following year, where if he hits playing time quotas or the playoffs or starts or whatever, that could bump up to a second in 2023. I think that's probably the most likely which, man, the 49ers would have so many picks on day two, which is the best day of the world for this draft because it is very day two heavy uh, talent-wise. 
you know, what kind of quarterback do you think? I mean, where are you on, on Garoppolo? You've been, obviously, if you don't do a Niner podcast <laughs> and not and not talk a lot about Garoppolo. So where are you if, if, I, if I'm a regular listener to the John Chapman uh, Niner podcast, where are you with Jimmy? What, what kinds of things are you saying about him? I'll say this. Amazing locker room guy. And if you're just looking at, okay, is he a star? The answer is absolutely resounding no. But you have to add context to these things to understand how complicated the NFL is. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Is he one of the best 32? Hell yes, he is. Is he a top 10? No, he is not. I think he's somewhere in that kind of 16, 17 range, which is okay. But if you have one of them, you're not content. You want to go get something better. The 49ers did that. But some of these other teams with coaches on the hot seat, they don't have that. And so he's he's an average quarterback in the NFL. And that's not an insult. You surround him with talents, the goldfish theory, right? You put him in a big tank, he's going to be big. You put him in a small tank, he's going to be small. So you can obviously get to the playoffs, the NFC Championship, the Super Bowl with this guy if you have a quality roster. He's going to get a coach. He's going to stop a coach from getting fired. And so if, if I'm on the hot seat somewhere, I'd be happy to have Jimmy. Uh, Mostert jumped to Miami. I, you know, I was out that was, that kind of bugged me because I wanted to yeah. see him come back. And I just didn't think that he would have a market, but he got like three million bucks. I, I, I was a little surprised that Mostert got paid com, coming off a year where he, what do you have, two carries? or He got a I mean, raise. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> he got thing. a raise and he played four plays. He got a raise. Um, but it's. You know, that that's you remember Kyle Shanahan had to do the same thing his first year here for Pierre Garcon, for Western Richburg, for all these guys, right? Marquise Goodwin. He had to overpay just to get guys to come here. That's where the Dolphins are now. And they got the money. So uh, I'm glad he got paid. I can't believe he got a raise. Four plays. He got a raise. Yeah. Now, and, you know, and as much as I didn't want to see him go, um, this draft is loaded with running backs, tons of running backs in this draft. Give me a running back you like in this draft. Man, if, you know, probably one of my favorites, and this is going to be linked, is Rashad White out of Arizona State, which, you know, the Herm Edwards-Arizona State connection is gigantic with, you know, his best friend, right, John Lynch. I think that fits. The scheme fits. All those things fit. But there's lots of other guys. Zamir White out of Georgia, a lot of people know him and see him. There are guys that you can get almost anywhere in this draft that are going to fit our scheme. So I think we see something very similar where we might get two running backs, but they're going to be late day three guys. Uh, you know, we have the last pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Irre Irrelevant this year. That's going to be a running back. I I'm telling you right now, I wish that was a Vegas prop. <laughs> last <laughs> pick in the draft. It's going to be a running back to the 49ers. I'm telling you right now. Trey Sermon, where what did you think of Sermon this year? Well, we didn't get a chance to see a lot of them, that's for sure. I think pass protection was one of his biggest issues, which was crazy because he excelled at it um, at, at Ohio State. So that's one issue that he's going to have to fix. I think it just took a while for him to see what was up, but he's going to be a factor in this offense. If he was not, then we would have kept Moster or we would have brought somebody else in already. So we're going to get five running backs. We only have three. Uh, well, we have four now. Jeff Wilson Jr., um, you know, we got him for sure, but like he's going to be a factor. So. I know he he was a healthy scratch a lot of times and all those things, but he is going to be a factor. He's going to have a shot. He's just got to learn to be what a learn what a pro is and what that looks like. I think that was something he was missing. 
Uh, Allen Robinson went to the Rams. Yeah. Did that just yeah. happen? Yeah. I, I just looked down at my phone and it said Allen Robinson went to the Rams. Wasn't cheap either. They they paid they paid top dollar and wow, that's a that's that's interesting. Yeah. They got I, Robert Woods, you got Cooper Cup, and I guess OB OBJ is gone. Yeah, right? he's a free agent right he's now. He's a free but, agent. Yeah. So you got Van Jefferson. And now you got Allen Robinson. They got a lot. Hey, I'll tell you this. The NFC West is the best wide receivers hands down in the planet. Debo Ayuk, DK Metcalf, Hopkins. I mean, Rondell Moore, uh, Lockett. It is, it's murderer's row for corners. And so I'm glad we got Charvarius Ward. I would love to get a stud nickel quarter, though. <laughs> we can't get enough quarters, man. You know, DJ Reed was a guy that I was thinking maybe the Niners would try to bring back into the fold. And I think he went to the Jets, right? So, you know, once again, another Niner coach taking another player that they're familiar with. Coaches so so many times are they want to get the guy that they don't the film's not enough. It's like I want to know his practice habits. If I'm gonna invest money in a guy, I want to invest a guy in a guy that I know. If there's one consistent theme that's played out over and over again, uh it's it's guys go with you know players they like. Yeah, it is. It's a fit. It's a fit. We wanted to keep DJ Reed. Shanahan tried to get sneaky and slide him under the uh, injured reserve, and we got he got poached. He got poached. So, uh, yeah, keeping it real goes wrong. That's what happened to Shanahan on that one. What do you think of the receiver receiving core? I mean, uh, the 49ers have been rumored to be after a number of receivers. Um, where do you put – I mean, they got Debo. They've got Ayuk. We, we really liked what we saw out of Jennings. He emerged as the yeah, season yeah. progressed. He made some big, big catches, some some season-on-the-line type catches, uh, and he came down with it. So he kind of proved himself a little bit this year, but they, they don't really they don't really have that speed guy. Um, yeah. what, what do you think of the receiving core? Is there a receiver that you want them to go after? Yeah, and I'll say this on top of it. You know, you just lost Sherfield to Miami which doesn't make anything better. It makes everything worse. <laughs> and so even though he was just a role guy, didn't really have a huge impact last year. The good news is, again, if you're looking at that 61 spot, not saying the first pick should be on a wide receiver, but you need depth. You need downfield stretchers if you're making this transition to Trey Lance. And so there are so many guys. John Mechie, the third out of Alabama. I think he is one of hurt, these. Right? Just, He'll be hurt at the beginning of the year. He'll be hurt, but he seems like he's going to be like, again, this is a player that will fall. If, if he wasn't hurt, you don't get him, right? You don't get him at 61. Here's the guy I'm wondering about, John. How about Jamison Williams? Uh, I love him. Is Jamison Williams, who's got a torn ACL, he's super skinny, he's a home run hitter, but he, he probably's not going to be ready till I don't know, Thanksgiving, right? He didn't he, he tore his ACL late in the year. So I mean I he love may him. be he may be a red shirt guy first year. Would you he's invest? Where, where does Sorry, he I go? Promise. No, no, go he, ahead. Where does he go? He's my number two wide receiver in this class. I love him. I, I got Trey Burks ahead of him, Traylon Burks ahead of him, and then Jamie. So he's awesome. I think he goes top 20. I really do. Like Despite is, the injury. Despite the injury. Despite the injury. You know, you look at what happened to Caleb Farley last year, right? Um, I loved that corner out of Virginia Tech, but he had in injury issues with his back. He still went in the late first round. I, I think that's what happens. But here again, this draft is peppered with wide receivers. 
And so if you get somebody that falls like Jamison Williams, like John Mechie, like George Pickens, uh, right out of Georgia, another, you know, blue chip prospect having injury issues that could fall that, we, you know, everybody was saying, oh, this is going to be a first round pick. But injuries happen. And so there's a lot of guys in this draft that fit that. I know a lot of 49ers fans, uh, they all bring up Christian Watson, uh, Trey Lance's former teammate at North Dakota State. I hate to say it, man. You're going to have to trade up into the 40s if you even want a shot at that kid. He's just too clean a prospect. Um, well, and look but, what he ran. Look what he yeah, ran. 4.38 or 4.36? No, 4.2, I thought. Wasn't it 4.28? His adjusted time, like his official oh. time came out later than yeah, that. But yeah, official? he was flying. So, I mean, but he's flying, and he's like 6'3", well, 6'4", like pretty big receiver who was flying. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, I'd be very intrigued by him. I got to think – with those times and that size, I don't care if he played in FCS school or not. He ain't going – he's going like 20, 20, 20, 20 25, yeah. 30 in that range, right? He's not – he'll be a first-round pick. I he's think. fun. You ran 4-2 at 6-4? Isn't he like 6-4? <laughs> yeah, 6-5 I mean, is what it was listed at. But, yeah, yeah I think six, he came five? at 6-4. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. I mean, he's fine. Um, you know, speed receivers, where, where do you where do you put a, a field-stretching receiver – on the list of like, what are the, how would you list the Niner needs in priority? And again, this is something that changed dramatically from last year to this year. You know, yak is kind of the thing yards after the catch. Jerry Rice invented it. Kyle Shanahan specialty, all those things. You need field stretchers now. Trey Lance, and one of the things that why you make this transition, why you trade up to three, why you spend all that capital, is because it alleviates all the pressure in the run game because teams have to back up because he's got a rocket. You got to take advantage of that now. You need some of those guys, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's a free agent. I would love to have him out there. But yes, that vertical threat is now a real thing that you have to have. Debo can do it, Ayuk can do it, but that's not really their MO. You need one of those guys that could just go, <laughs> and everybody's got to back up. That's what you got to you got to get that at some point in the draft or free agency. You got to go get that right now. Valdez Scantling's an interesting name because you know he's not a guy that catches the ball consistently. There's some drops, and uh, but the home run home run hitter ability is there. I mean, he'll have lines where it's like two catches, eighty five yards, and a and a touchdown. He he's a downfield threat. Uh, that one's interesting. Kyle Matthews got a got a question here. This one's pretty good. He says, "Should the Niners go in on Austin Hooper or Marquez Valdez Scantling?" A lot of talk about Austin Hooper. Uh, he's a De La Salle kid, NorCal kid. You know, played at Stanford, and you know, Stanford's got a great lineage of tight ends. Seems like when Hooper's name came up, we saw the Niners had poked around on him before. They do have George Kittle. Seems like that would be pretty like a redundant part at too high a price tag. Uh, it's almost like Austin Hooper's too good, you know, for the for what the Niners need to go with Kittle. But how, how do you what do you think of Hooper? I, I like him. Shanahan loves him, right? He was with him uh, in Atlanta, whatever they were together, and did a you know had a lot of success. So Shanahan loyalty program is always in full swing. Uh, I think that he would love to have him alongside because, you know, if you look at the current tight end kind of pecking order, Charlie Warner has excelled wonderfully. Ross Dwelly has rescinded. So Shanahan wants three. 
I think if I had to pick out of these two, I would go Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he fits the need more. If Kyle Shanahan was having his choice and the prices were similar, I think he'd go Austin Hooper. And Hooper might be a little bit cheaper. He's getting paid a lot of money from the Browns. Uh, they overpaid to get him so that he didn't come to us, and they had to pay the price tag for him. And now he's not even going to be on their team, but they're still paying for him. Everything starts on offense with your offensive line, and they lose yeah. Lake and Tomlinson at left guard. They, you could argue they already had a hole at right guard. So where you know is what do you think of Aaron Banks? How come you think it, we didn't see Aaron Banks at all? this year i mean is that is aaron banks that that bad i mean that he couldn't get on the field at all i mean i think he was only even active uh he was only up as they say like maybe twice all year it was bad it's a second round draft choice it was bad it was really bad and i i think they just want about left guard i think that's kind of where he was comfortable lake had never missed time and so we never saw it. They tried him at right guard early. He didn't make the transition. And so if you're if you're watching, you know, you go back and you watch his film in training camp in preseason, it's not good. It's bad, in fact. It's awful. He just can't play right guard. And so I, I when we go into camp now, he's going to be the starter at left guard. So that's something that's going to have to be stepped up, and we're going to have to see. But jury's out. It's a huge incomplete on that one. What do you think of them letting Compton jump? Uh, you know, he, I mean, I, I, you know, comp, that was the other thing they drafted Jalen Moore. They, they showed a little bit more confidence in Moore. he played almost every snap of left tackle in the preseason. Yeah. And then suddenly he's not good enough to hold off Tom Compton at, at right guard. He, I mean, that was another shocker that, uh, that co- or at right tackle Compton played over Jalen Moore at right tackle. And they were talking about it being, well, they're going to share time. And then it was just all Compton. It start that was that was bad, right? So they did they were switching series for two games. And I'll be honest with you, Compton played better than he did. And so they gave the job to Compton. And I was like, man, all right, whatever. But then whenever Trent Williams got hurt, he didn't even get the left tackle job, right? You remember they brought in Colton McKivitz who started that one game? And it was like, oh wow. So this is a whole new level of bad. But then again, there was one game early where he was great at left tackle. So I don't know, man. It's that that's what this draft class is. It's Diamador Lenore who flashes, and then it's almost like he's in the doghouse. It's you know Jalen Moore flashes doghouse. Is this just another Brandon Ayuk situation that hey these guys got to learn what it takes to be a part of this team before they get that playing time, and maybe they hit that. But yeah, there's. There's a lot of themes that seem to be on cycle. And we don't get to see behind the scenes. So we don't know what the issues are, uh, whether it's, you know, discipline, team meetings, whatever, maturity. We we really don't know. Um, but it, it's a concern. It's a major concern. You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day, well, you know, where's O-line on the whole list of priorities? And I said, well, you know, if um, you could tell me how the 49ers actually feel about Aaron Banks and Jalen Moore, I could give you that answer better than I can right now. Cause I don't know. They drafted Jalen Moore. I think he's pretty good. They drafted Aaron Banks. I saw him at Notre Dame. Thought he was pretty good. I didn't think he was awesome or dominant, but I didn't think he was Josh Garnett. Thought he was no. pretty good. So I, I kind of like those guys, but we didn't see them. So I don't know if they can play at all. Maybe those guys can't play dead. And, and, you know, guess what? Uh, if, if those guys aren't any good, then O-line is like probably the number one priority in the upcoming draft. 
if those guys are good, then maybe it's corner, maybe it's receiver, maybe it's D tackle, maybe it's D end. You know, it's like if those guys really are aren't good enough to play, and that's their that's the the thinking of the 49er organization. Don't you think then that they almost have to go offensive line early and often in the draft come April? Again, what's the number one priority of this offseason? It should be make Trey Lance comfortable. That's it. That's it. If Trey Lance can make the next step, whatever that is, and become, you know, an every down starter, you know, he's he's the starter and you're excelling, you are successful as a team. As the 2021 draft class is the 2022. Make Trey comfortable. Get offensive linemen. Uh, one guy that I absolutely love is Dylan Parham out of Memphis. He is I like fun. him too. Kind of he a is, brawler. Yes, brawler that can play center guard. You put him in at guard right now, and he transitions to center whenever Alex Mack chooses to hang him up. Like Those are priorities. What I think the 49ers front office will do is draft edge first. What I would probably do is draft interior offensive line first. Um but that's just me. Again, obviously, you got to deal with the situation. Who's available at 61? Who's not? But I would be very happy if we go interior offensive line again early. Um, sometimes I'll check out Niner Nation because they've got some good stuff on there. I don't know if you're a Niner Nation guy or not. Oh, but Kyle, 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 Posey's, Kyle Posey. Well, Kyle Posey wrote an article. He says 11 available free agents that could interest the 49ers. I'm going to run these guys by you. Just give me what you quickly think. Uh, Edge, he's got three guys. Arden Key, we've already talked about. Jerry Hughes, who's a little bit older player. I think yeah. he's maybe 32. And then Melvin Ingram, who's – I really like Melvin Ingram. Give me your give me your thoughts. Uh, Edge, if, if, how would you rank those guys, Key, Ingram, and Hughes? I would go Key, Hughes, Ingram. I like Ingram, but he's a little bit more of a 3-4 guy. Um, but I do like him. I would take Key. Okay, safety is a big need. Do you bring back Tart? He's also suggesting Kareem Jackson and the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. I, I mean, everybody's. I mean, there's five people on the text line right now saying yeah. Honey Badger, Honey Badger. Everybody knows him because he's a high-profile guy. I love him. He's a big-time playmaker. We all saw that at LSU. We're seeing that basically in the NFL. Uh, you know, Honey Badger makes plays, and he's passionate about football. Um He's also going to probably get a pretty big price tag. Yeah, I would I would go Honey Badger, Tart, Jackson. That would be my order for those three. Yeah. Um, how about wide receiver? Ray Ray McLeod, Juju Smith Schuster, or no. Marquez Valdez Scantling? <laughs> um, I know the 49ers have had several meetings and contacts with the agent of Ray Ray McLeod. And so I think he's probably, you know, again, if I had to bet on one player the 49ers will sign at any position, I think Ray Ray McLeod is coming. So I would go Ray Ray, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then I'm not even going to say that third name. I, I would keep Juju away from this young wide receiver core. You don't, you don't like the uh, the impact in the room? I think that he's a hell of a player, and I love his physicality. But, yeah, I mean, now we've seen, you know, Kendrick Bourne and that kind of playful spirit, fun spirit. The 49ers haven't shied away from that at all. My issue is the targeting of other players and TikToking on the field before the game. Like, I feel like just added motivation isn't what the 49ers are about, but maybe I'm off on that. But, yeah, I would prefer not to have Juju. Uh, I just don't think team. he compliments what they need. I mean, they've yeah. got bigger receivers. They've got – I mean, if you told me they didn't have Juwan Jennings, maybe I'm interested in, in Juju. But with what they have and what they need, they need speed. They need a vertical threat. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I would rather have Valdez Scantling probably of, uh, you know – 
between Juju and him. Ray Ray McLeod's interesting because he had a great year for the Steelers as a return man, and they need a returner. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. I mean, their special teams this year, I mean, we all know the Green Bay success. <laughs> but the, I mean, they, they, I, I would say their special teams cost them at least two games, maybe three. Yep. Oh, it was the worst. It was so bad. And it was to Sydney for five straight years. And so one of my favorite things about Kyle Shanahan this offseason is that I think he's grown up a lot. He's moved away from some of the guys, you know, that have been there. That was his whole college. He's a Longhorn, you know, Hightower. They, they were teammates at Texas. And so they were buddies. And allowing him, and this is another thing that I think is great as well. You don't fire him. You just tell him you got to find another job or you're gone. And so he found another job. And so that's great. Everybody saves face. You move on. Uh, everybody wins. There's no losers in that ordeal. But yes, I'm very excited about special teams because whenever you go into a game knowing you've already lost one out of three phases, that's, that's rough. It puts a lot of pressure on your offense and defense. And we said 11, so we'll throw all 11 out here. Bradley Bozeman, Riley uh, Reef on the offensive line. What are they going to do? Are they going to go into the market and get themselves a low cost offensive lineman to replace Tomlinson and kind of supplement what they have? <laughs> If I, I mean, knew once there again, was, it comes back to the Moore and Banks question. Yeah. We don't know how they feel about those guys. If I knew one of those people have ever shook hands with Kyle Shanahan before in their life, then I would say yes, because he loves his former players and people he knows. But man, I, I'd go Boozman. I'd go Boozman. Yeah, I'd go wow. Boozman. Uh, let's finish in the quarterback room, and we appreciate you spending time with us. Trey oh, Lance, awesome. um, you know, Trey Lance is, is uh, you know, played two games this year. Um, I'm a Trey Lance fan. I might, might as well full disclosure here. I I, love I believe in the guy. I believe in um, his athleticism, his his uh, his brain, his ethics, his desire to play the game. I think he comes from great stock, and he's going to be successful. It's not linear, and it doesn't happen overnight, and it's going to take some time. But yes. I think you saw improvement from game one to game two. You're going to see that much more improvement from season one to season two. I'm all in on Trey Lance and have been since the draft. Give me your thoughts on Lance. I'm the, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, I, I'm a Trey Lance fiend. I loved his film. I, I love what, here's my issue. Whenever you're talking quarterbacks and whenever I do all my draft evaluations, I always try to find, okay, how will this player be successful? How is this player going to bust? And usually it comes back to the like work ethic. He's got it off the charts. Uh, maturity and how he handles himself. Yeah, there's no issues there. Uh, physical tools off the charts. Youth, he's got that as well. Injury history, yeah, we didn't have any before this year. So figuring out all these different ways for, okay, try to find an, a pathway where he's not successful, where he doesn't fit. And that's where I struggle. You know, you look at somebody like Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, has the highest ceiling maybe ever. You put him on a crappy team, and he struggles. I mean, his his numbers, his decision-making were really bad this year. Trey Lance gets to sit, gets to chill. He's surrounded by incredible talent. Find a reason why this kid will not be successful. I, I, I can't find one. Uh, I really think it's going to take – he's going to have some rookie moments, some you know young quarterbacks, still the youngest quarterback in the NFL. He'll be the second youngest quarterback in the NFL after this year's draft. If he was coming out this year, he would be the second youngest quarterback next to Sam Howell out of North Carolina. That's how young he is. So it's going to be some growing pains, but I'm very excited. And I think if we can let him throw the ball downfield 
running game opens up, big plays open up, Debo opens up. Could be scary. If I said to you, give me a give me a Trey Lance comp. <laughs> uh, give me a Trey Warren, Lance comp. Warren Moon. You know what? That is so weird that you said that. I was just thinking that. I, I was just Warren thinking Moon. Warren Moon. That's Dude's amazing huge. that you said that. Um, I mean, war, for, that's not recent. You know, that's no. you got to you know you got to have a little bit of years on you to just go. Warren I'm a Texas Moon. guy, right? I'm a Texas I think, guy. I can't I think help Warren it. Warren Moon as well. He's got he's got incredible arm strength. He can run, but he's not a runner. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's a he he's he can break tackles, but he's gonna make his name from the pocket down the field throwing the ball. Um, that's what baffled me about the, the game plan against the Cardinals by Shanahan. I love Shanahan. I think Shanahan's a terrific guy, terrific coach. That game plan sucked. Yeah, it did. That was the worst game. They ran their quarterback up the middle, um, you know, and exposed him to to like ten hits on his on his throwing shoulder in one game. Yeah, that that game plan was atrocious. But I love that player. I really no, think he's got a future. It, it makes sense. Like you said, the way they win. I, I'm with you there. Warren Moon, man, we're both on oh. the same page. Um, let's finish with this one. Is there a player in this upcoming draft that they would trade this year's and futures for? Ooh. Who do you think the 49ers absolutely can't pass in the first round? Well, they don't. As you know, GTC, there is no first-round pick from the Niners right now. I like this uh, question, though. I really like yeah. this question. Uh, why don't we just say at 61 even, you know, because you, you know the draft. Um, and there's a lot that has to happen. The pro day workouts and everything else, I mean – we, you know, there's there's a lot of things that have to happen before draft day. Um, so you there's still teams, many teams in the NFL haven't set their board yet. They they'll do that in the weeks ahead when all the numbers kind of check in and you you know everybody's you got a bo- every box checked. What's his forty? Right. What's his three cone? What's you know? Then they'll they'll set their board usually through lots and lots and lots of meetings and arguments. Give me a guy. Give me a guy that um, that you know. You want the 49ers to go for maybe not in round one because they don't have a round one, but at 61. Yeah, I think if if there was a player that could fall, that would just be like, okay, we got to go get this guy. I'm going to throw out Kyle Gordon, okay? Kyler, I don't, Kyler. Kyler Gordon. Yeah. He's not going to be there at 61, but let's just say he makes it to 40, okay? And this is somebody that I think is the prototype of what a nickel cornerback will be in the future moving forward. Yep. I love this kid's film. I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to go in the first round. But if that, it's going to be somebody that falls, right, to that 50s, 40s, whatever. That would be somebody I would be like, go get that guy. Especially with, you know, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, whatever. You want to stop Cooper Cup, you're going to need a guy like this with that body that can body up against those guys. The nickel, small nickel corner days – Kind of like the small wide receiver three guys. I think that's a thing of the past. I think wide receiver threes are going to be much more Juwan Jennings, Cooper Cup, these bigger guys in the middle that are mismatches. And I think Nichols going to follow that role. Kyler freaking Gordon is going to handle that. Yeah, that's a great name. Um, he was on the uh, Bruce Feldman freaks list yes, at I the love beginning of the year because he is that freaky of an athlete. Yes. Uh, Kyler I- Gordon, UW Huskies, check him out. I mean, he's... He, in a lot of ways, he's the physical prototype at corner. I think you're right. I think once everybody looks at all those numbers, I bet you he goes like 18. 
Yeah, you know, makes something sense. like that. He's he's that athletic. I'll tell you the guy that I love. I love uh, Devontae Wyatt for Georgia. You know, everybody talks about the big kid and Georgia's defenses, you know, Nicobe Dean and and all kinds of guys. They got yeah. guys. Um, they, that's the best defense in college football all year. But man, Devontae Wyatt, who wore 99, I believe. Well, what did he wave? I'm not sure if he wore it. Maybe I'm wore 92. Um, but Devontae Wyatt, 95, 95. Devontae Wyatt, next to you know, his counterpart looked tiny, but the motor, the 40 time, the workout, the production. He's a better player. He's a yeah, better player than the, he's awesome. Everybody he's wants awesome to talk about talent. Jordan Davis, and Jordan Davis is amazing and a physical freak. But if you want a football player, you're right. Why it's way better. Yeah. And and Davis is going to go first, though, right? Davis, Jordan Davis is going to wind up going in the teens, and Wyatt's going to go in the 20s or 30s, something like Not that. Not if I was a GM. Not if I was a GM. No, I don't want to spend stuck. on a first and second down only defensive tackle in the first round. Um, that's just me. Um, the guy has a place in the first round and belongs there. But if you mean to tell me I'm picking between those two, I don't care if it's three, four, four, three, five, two, six, one. Don't care. I'll take it. Why it's the guy. Two, one last one on the coaching staff. Brian Greasy uh, is there. Yeah. Um, um, Anthony Lynn has been hired. Bobby Turner, who's considered to be a very good running back coach, um, is not going to be there. What do you think of those three coaching changes this year on the staff? It's huge. You whatever I found out they bring in Anthony Lynn. I love it. I think Anthony Lynn would be a great head coach. It probably will be again. Um, you just can't find anybody say anything negative about him. I love that. I hate that we lose Bobby Turner and the relationship that he builds with his running back room. I think that's very important. But Anthony Lynn is a great hire. Greasy, huge giant question mark. The one thing I'll say about Greasy that makes me very happy. He was the quarterback responsible for with replacing John Elway. He went through that. And so he's going to be able to help Trey with that, you know, replacing Jimmy who, you know, you say, you look at Jimmy and you you talk about how much he's loved in this locker room. That's a tough, that's a tough ask. And so Brian's going to be able to help him with that, which I think is important. John, man, we, we've had a lot, a lot of fun. We've gone over an hour, an hour and five minutes talking love nothing it. but Niners. Uh, let's put John's info back on the board. Of course, John Chapman, but he's got the, he's got the draft party coming up. Where do you want to drive people if they want to uh, they want to be in Vegas at the Mandalay uh, 49er Rush Road Trip.com? That simple as that. That's it, man. Days one and two, and we're going to be out there. It's going to be incredible. Get an opportunity to meet Fred Warner, Elijah Mitchell, get a picture with him, get an autograph with him, plus drinks, food included for all those things. Exclusive brand new club that's been open about three weeks now. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So come on out, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Days one and day two. Um, and so, yeah, get over there, get your tickets. Uh, we are going to sell out. There's no doubt about that. So uh, if you want to or if you're thinking about it, go check it out. Get it on the calendar. So you're, you show up in a drunken stupor at the Mandalay on draft weekend thinking <laughs> you're going to this draft party. You're not, you know, VIPs Sadly, only. no. We, we have no. a limited number of tickets available. It's an exclusive private club just for us. Look at um, that. So, yeah. That's not Krug falling down at the rum jungle, you know, <laughs> throwing up in a bag. All right, John. Good stuff, man. Um, and we need to thank our sponsors again. Good Guys 38th All-American Get-Together, March 26th and 27th at the Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton. America's favorite car show. That's right. Over 3,000 American-made and powered hot rods, muscle cars, and trucks. And they will all be out there on display. Check out the Nitro Thunderfest, 
the indoor low rider exhibition. Who's going to win this year's Good Guys Fuel Curve Custom of the Year? Uh, go to good-guys.com for uh, to register your ride, get tickets, or get more details. So good stuff, John. Uh, love seeing your stuff on Twitter. Love checking you out on the podcast. Keep it rolling. We'll, hopefully we'll talk more Niners as we get closer to the draft. Yes, sir. Take it easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.